Morning, church. How's everybody doing? Maybe you heard about the flight out of Denver that was canceled, and a single agent was rebooking all of the frustrated and angry passengers. Suddenly, one of the guys came up, one of the passengers came up, and he slapped his ticket down, and he said, I need to be on this flight, and it needs to be first class. And she said, sir, I'm so sorry. I'll be happy to help you after I help all the people who were in front of you. You'll be after them. He wasn't very impressed, and he said, do you have any idea who I am? She didn't miss a beat. She picked up the microphone and said, we have a man here who doesn't seem to know who he is. If any of y'all could help him with his identity, please come to the counter. Everybody applauded, and he went to the end of the line. We're in a study of First John. We're calling it Blessed Assurance. And John, throughout this little letter, 105 verses, is giving us some things to hold on to, some things that we can know, some things so that we can hold on to our assurance. And today, he's going to help us with our identity so that we know who we are, because sometimes we forget who we are. John knows that we have an image problem, and that image problem comes from not knowing who we are. Let me illustrate. She came along back in the 50s. Her name was Barbie. Interesting. She was deemed the perfect woman, which is why now she is a billion-dollar industry. And that's why millions of women, especially young girls, want a Barbie because they seem to find their identity in a Barbie because we have an image problem. I mean, think about all the ways we struggle with who we are, all the ways we struggle with our image, all the ways we struggle with our identity. For example, when it comes to our bodies, People do all kinds of things to their bodies. And I'm not judging what you do. I'm just saying we spend a lot of money doing things to our bodies. We paint the outside. We paint the hair. We paint the nails. We get our hair did. We get new clothes. We get new jewelry. We get tats. We get everything because, to a certain degree, we don't like who we are, so we paint the outside because we have an image problem. We'll do just about anything and turn ourselves into just about anything just to get the attention and to be accepted by a person or by a group because we hunger for approval and we hunger for acceptance. Maybe your image has to do with something in the past, especially a past failure, and that just keeps coming back to haunt you and you seem to think that's who you are. Maybe it was a relationship gone bad. Maybe it was a failed marriage. Maybe it was a DUI. Maybe you flunked a class. Maybe you flunked out of school. Maybe you got fired. Maybe it was an affair. Maybe it was an addiction. Maybe it was an abortion. Maybe you were in prison. Maybe you were an alcoholic. Maybe you were hooked on pornography. Maybe you were hooked on gambling. Whatever it is, that seems to cling to you and you can't seem to move on with your new identity, with who you are, because you keep thinking, well, this is who I am based on something in the past. Maybe your image has to do with past abuse, verbal abuse, 
sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Maybe your parents told you over and over and over and over, you'll never amount to anything. Maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was a coach, maybe it was a spouse, maybe it was a boss. And no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you've allowed that past abuse to define you as if that's your image today. And you will remind people, well, this happened to me. As if that is still your identity. Maybe your image has to do with a past success. And you're clinging to that past success. Maybe you were strong in athletics. Maybe you were strong in academics. Maybe it was an extracurricular activity. Maybe it was something that you received a lot of attention, a lot of awards. And that's still defining who you are, even though that's something that happened in the past. Maybe your image has something to do with you vent through. You, sh you want people to know based on your house or your possessions, or your vehicles, or the college from which you graduated, or service clubs. Maybe those things define who you are. And the first thing you say to somebody is, hey, I graduated from, as if that's your image. We'll search just about anywhere for a new identity. We'll search just about anywhere for an image fix. Think about the ways we change our bodies to find our image. Why do you think beauty aid products spend billions each year on advertising because they know we'll buy whatever it is. That's why we spend $20 billion a year on cosmetics, billions on diet foods and weight loss products. Millions will undergo cosmetic surgery each year. Why? Because we have an image problem. We don't know who we are. We don't like who we are because we have an image problem. So how do we reclaim our identity? Where do we find our image? Because that's what John wants to talk about when it comes to the reason we struggle with our salvation and we struggle with our confidence and we struggle with our assurance is because we don't know who we are. So in our text today, John's going to help us understand who we are. But before we get to our text, we need to go back. We need to go way back. We need to go all the way back to Genesis because the story of the Bible, your story, your story starts with a conversation. It's a conversation between God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit and it goes like this. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Let us make man in our image. God wants to have fellowship. That's what John talked about in chapter 1. God wants to have fellowship with those who bear the family resemblance. That's us. That's me and you. God created us. God created you. God created us in His image. That's who we are. We are created in the image of God. I want you to say that. I am created in the image of God. You don't seem to be real convinced. Let's do it again. I am created in the image of God. You need to feed that into your mind because that's who we are. But here's the deal. Shortly after God created Adam and Eve in His image, something happened. 
Adam and Eve's identity was stolen. Have you ever had your identity stolen? Somebody else wants your identity? Satan came in and tempted Adam and Eve with a counterfeit likeness, and they took the bait, and they bought into that. They bought into that false image, and they became selfish, and they became ashamed, and they no longer knew who they were. And they started looking for that. And we've been looking for our identity ever since. And God began working on reconciliation. God began working on fellowship. God began working on a makeover for us. God began working on our new identity, which comes through Jesus Christ. Maybe that's why God told man when he gave the Ten Commandments, you will have no other gods, your translation, no other images, no statues, no graven images, no carved images, no other images. You, you do know that Satan even tried to rob Jesus of his identity. When Jesus was tempted, Satan came and he said, If you are the Son of God, as if he wasn't, as if that wasn't his identity. Maybe that's why Paul writes in Colossians 1, Jesus is the image, the likeness, the manifestation, the perfect representation of the invisible God. So let's get to our text today, because John wants us to know who we are. He says, And now, dear children, continue in Him so that when He appears, we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of Him. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God that is what we are. Wow. John wants us to know it, it. If we could just grasp. If we could somehow try to understand. Our image by being in Christ and how much God loves us. Our insecurity levels would go way down. And our assurance levels would go way up. If we just remember who we are. Because John believes that our image is based on God's love for us. Not on anything we do, not on any past performance, not on any past wound. It's based on God's love for us. And John knows that. It's hard to imagine that kind of love. It's hard to imagine that someone would love us that much. That someone would go to the cross for us. That someone would die for us. That our love, uh, there's a love that's based on God and not me. It's hard to imagine that God loves us not because we are worthy, but because He is worthy. Here's a translation from the message. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We are called children of God. That's who we really are. Maybe that's all you need to hear today. Maybe you just need to hear that verse today. That God is saying to you today that you are one of His children. That's your image. That's your identity. That's who you are. Here's what Paul writes. Because of his love, God had already decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. That was what he wanted and what pleased him. Here's what, he, what John wrote in his gospel. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
John's appeal in this short letter, remember, he wants us to know some things. He uses that word know and acknowledge over and over and over. He wants us to know that who we are is based on God's love. Why should we be obedient? We talked about that. Why should we love our brothers? We talked about that. Why should we not love the things of the world? We talked about that. Why? Because we're children of God. That's who we are. That's our identity. So listen, if you're struggling with your identity, if you're struggling, struggling with an image problem, with, with who you are, you need to hear these words. You're a child of God. John wants us to know that you're a child of God. Here's what the psalmist writes. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, this is who you are. This is who we are. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knit you together. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. God chose the color of your eyes. God chose the color of your skin. God chose the shape of your face. God chose the curl in your hair or not. God chose me. God chose you through Jesus Christ to be a child of God. That's who you are. Your identity, your image is not in possessions and gadgets and clothes and jewelry and whatever we paint the outside. Your image is not in your work or your successes or your diplomas. We are created in the image of God. And John says God calls us his children. Maybe you need to hear those words. Maybe you need to listen to those words. Maybe you need to write those words down. I talked about giving Sydney three by five cards whenever she was running track and cross country. On your three by five cards, let me give you some things to write down. You need to put these so that you fill your head, so that you renew your thinking with these scriptures. You're a child of God. You're created in the image of God. You're a friend of God. You're united with Christ. You've been bought with a price. You belong to God. You've been adopted as God's children. You're redeemed, forgiven, complete. You're a citizen of heaven. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. You're God's workmanship. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. John wants you to listen to those words and stop listening to the lies of Satan Stop listening to the lies of the world. Stop listening to the lies of the magazines and the advertisements on TV. We are created in the image of God. So let me go back again to Adam and Eve. The Bible says that after they sinned, they were naked and they were ashamed. They felt no shame because their identity had been stolen. They felt no shame because their image was changed. They felt no shame because they didn't know who they were anymore. So maybe we need to be reminded of what John says. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. That's who we are. When we find our image in Jesus, when we find our identity in Jesus, we don't have to be ashamed. Because that's why we're, we were created. So Paul writes, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image, transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Or as John says, 
Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Wow, that's who we are. So I want you to repeat again after me. I am created in the image of God. I am created in the image of God. Remember who you are. Let's pray.